Welcome on into the 2 3 podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach, episode 13. We're tired of losing edition. You hear that? Yes, sir. Tell what it was. Uh, it sounded like a water bottle. Not a water bottle. That's uh, let's open a nice cold brew, Cam. We need one. We do need one. We need one badly. How do you lose to Walmart brand Jim Beheim? How do you lose to a team that you're up 18 on? They, what was the score differential in the second half, Zach? It was like 15 points. It was crazy. Yeah, 15 points. I think. They look like we're usually pretty positive here on the two three, but we've had enough. All right. There's just games that just make you snap. They make you question what this team is doing. This is one of them. What was that? What was that performance in the second half? That was a catastrophe. Everything collapsed from the defense to the offense. It was like watching two different games. The worst thing about it is, well, do you think we can, I guess, win games playing like this? Because, like, I mean, if you look at the stat line, you're almost confused. Three guys are scoring 20-plus. Jesse had a breakout fantastic game. Seven blocks, both ends of the, of the court, playing great. Like, if I if I told you some of these stat lines and you didn't watch a game, you'd be like, oh, they scored 87 points, three players with 20-plus points. They won. Easy dub. Not the case. If you told me that Captain Cole was going to put up 20 against Miami. Shooting six for nine from three. And have a sneaky good game, seven rebounds. I would tell you we won that game easily. And that his performance was probably hailed from reporters to people on Twitter to us podcasters. That's not the case because nobody was talking about it after the game. What people were talking about after the game was how crappy that performance was in the second half. It was, I I, I can't even explain it. It was just a, a, a head scratcher to put it very, very nicely. To put it as PC as possible. That was awful. Jimmy Beheim. I'm not going to point him out singular. Like he's not the only one. He's not your son, so you can't do that. That is true. (laughs) But (laughs) you got to make free throws, man. You got to make free throws. Just the team as a whole, you got to do it. Awful. Really, really sad, Zach. Yeah, this one's definitely tough to chew, and it's just another instance of just us feeling like a game we absolutely should have and could have, but mainly should have won. Like, we had it in the bag. It was ours to win, and we just gave it away. Miami had 19 bench points. Folks at home, if you were to go outside on a basketball court right now and shoot a three and make it, you would have as many bench points as Syracuse had during the Miami game. Only three bench points, and it came when Benny Williams hit his first career three. That's awesome to see that. Love it. But it doesn't help when you only play two people off of your bench. I know that depth is not something that Jim really likes to focus on, 
but number one, you got to go to your bench a little bit more. But number two, I'm not really sure who you really go to in that instance, because the bench, what we thought was going to be pretty deep this year is only really Samir, Benny, and then obviously when Jesse has a great game like this, you can't really go to Frank because there's no need to. So Jesse's going to be playing 38 minutes. So it's like you got to get more out of Samir and Benny, but they're not really there yet. Samir's not really a scorer. Benny's just not there yet in his development. So you're so heavily relied on those five guys from your starters that you, if one of them, if two of them don't have a good game, the whole game is going to be an absolute catastrophe, which is what we saw in that second half, Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's also just putting way too much precedence in offense. We're trying to win this game strictly on the offensive side of the court. And this is the second game now where we just couldn't make it happen. Because offensively, like, this is a pretty good, I mean, this is a great stat line, great numbers. Like, we should be happy with offense overall. It ultimately comes back to the other side of the court, which is what obviously lost the game. I mean, on top of, you know, the 19 turnovers that we had. 19 turnovers compared to Miami's 10. And in the rebounding category, we did beat them out a little bit, 37 to 34. But even still, I would love to see how many rebounds came in the second half compared to the first half. Because it just seemed like in the first half that we were going to come away with this one easy and that Miami was virtually no contest. Yeah, it was, it was a tale of two halves. First half, you felt great. You're like confidently like feeling that Miami was truly not this, you know, on a seven game winning streak. You're like, all right, these guys, you know, have a good record coming in kind of hot. But, you know, they, they weren't, they didn't feel that good. They kind of felt like they had, you know, a Mickey Mouse record or schedule. <laughs> and it was just like, all right, like we got these guys. I mean, I hate to say, it, but like, I think I mean, ultimately I do think we we are the better team. Obviously they got the best of us, but we 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 shot ourselves in the foot. I mean credit to them because they did come out second half of the game plan. I mean I guess all they really did was press us, and we cannot be depressed for for anything, which is just abysmal. And I I really don't know like what can we do there. I I mean I guess we can play Samir a bit more, but then we know we don't have Joe's twenty six points, so I I really don't know what the call is there. It's just kind of like, that's just who we are. And unfortunately, like we can't, I mean, I guess we can do better and like, they definitely got the best of us, but it's like, what do we do? I really don't know. I guess that this game has answered the question. What happens when the two Bayheim brothers don't show up? And the answer is we get a game where our other three starters show up and we still don't win. And we so badly so badly needed a good performance out of Buddy, out of Jimmy. And unfortunately, between the two of them, they came away with 16 points each. And again, they're not supposed to be carrying this team every single game. They're not. There were flaws from everybody during this game. But we so badly needed some free throws. We needed some threes to go in. And again, I don't mean to put too much pressure on the Bayheim brothers, but this is what happens when you have a team that has absolutely no depth. And I felt personally, 
I think that you felt the same too, Zach, where I think during the year, like as the year went on, we kind of knew that we were not going to have that deep of a bench because that's just kind of Jim's forte. We've gotten used to it as Q's fans, but to see just seven players playing and just see such an emphasis on those five guys is from a coaching perspective, you're putting so much pressure on these young players. And I don't mean to belittle Jim or anything, but that just does not seem smart. Well, it's wild too is Miami came in second half down 14 and they erased that, erased it. Literally, they took the lead in like six minutes. Yeah. That's like insane. They 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 erased it in sixty or in six minutes. Yeah. It and it's like there was no change there. We just like kept trucking. Yeah. There was no adjustments. Jim took, I think it was two timeouts during that span where he could have easily, you know, made some sort of adjustments or made some sort of like especially on defense too, like they were they were carving us up and we've seen it time and time again where teams that actually pass the ball that actually move the ball well that aren't Lafayette they actually will carve us up so I don't know I'm not a coach but shouldn't you make some sort of adjustment to sort of counter that I know that the one three one works sometimes or the one one three whatever the whatever the heck it's called but it's clearly not working against teams that actually are used to playing us. And as the year has gone on, it's working less and less because because teams are starting to expect it now. So maybe make some sort of adjustment there. I don't know. Zach, we're not coaches, but like just spitballing, you got to change something. Yeah, I mean, you definitely think there's something you could change. I mean, obviously there's not like this hidden gem that's sitting somewhere on the bench that's not playing, I mean, other than, you know, maybe Chris Laval or our guy Patty Casey, but we don't have like a secret weapon to be like, all right, guys, we would hold on to this. We're still experimenting with it, but we're bringing it out now. Like, we don't have that. I mean, obviously we have some other looks potentially, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a crossroads here. It's, it's a tough thing to navigate and it's just ultimately just very frustrating and Jim is a hall of fame coach he knows what he's doing more so than we do we're just talking heads but from a fan's perspective to see this year after year after year kind of culminating into what we're seeing now is so unbelievably frustrating we know that there is something in this team there are the the advantages of this team the pros, I think, outweigh the cons, but the cons are being exploited so badly right now that I thought after this Christmas break, we were going to reset everything. We're going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. And then we looked good against Brown and Cornell, feeling good, feeling great. And then we lose to Virginia. Okay, understandable. It was a pretty tough game. And then we pull this crap against Miami. It's just, it it frustrates you. It frustrates the absolute heck out of you. And I'm with Zach, man. I'm not really sure, sure where we go from here from a game plan perspective, I guess. What's crazy too is I would say that the first half 
could have been, I think it's definitely top three, but it could have been the best half performance that Q's has put on. They're yeah. playing absolutely fantastic. They're doing like pretty much everything right. Like I think Jesse had like I think he had all seven blocks, if not you know five blocks in the first half. Like he was like everything was clicking. We're looking great, and we were the clear dominant force in that first half. And then Miami literally just hit us in the Achilles heel with that press, and we just crashed. Yeah, I don't. It was insane. I I really don't know. It's just crazy that like it it did, they literally hit us in the Achilles heel. Like we couldn't do anything. We were we were done. It got so bad, folks, that to come completely clean, I didn't watch the second half. Now I didn't turn off the TV in frustration and say screw this. I'm gonna go become a Pittsburgh fan or something. I'm not that <laughs> depressed. No, what actually happened was I told Zach. That when I wasn't watching in the first half, we were up by like a lot. It was like 18 or something like that. We were cruising. So I pulled what I thought was going to be like what that Kansas City fan did a couple years ago where they left the stadium and then Kansas City eventually won. So I said, I need to do it for the boys. I need to do it for the 2-3. I need to turn off the TV and I need to let Cuse do what they're going to do. And I thought that it was going to solve everything. And what we proved is that my conspiracy theory was not true. So whether I watched or not, it didn't help. As soon as I turned the TV off, uh, Joe hit a three. So I thought it was working. And then as I checked again and again, it just kind of hovered between like a five to seven point margin. And it was rough to see that. It was heartbreaking even, Zach, that my conspiracy theories were not proven correct. Hey, we got to give you some respect for trying. You know, you're out here putting the team on your back by not watching. So we got to give you some respect for that. That's good stuff. If we ever interview Jim Beheim, I want him to know that. I want him to know that I, myself, Cam, from the 2-3, put the team on my back in a way that he absolutely will not know nor probably really care about. Let's go to the positives. Let's talk about him real quick. We need to talk about Jesse. We acknowledged him a little bit earlier. He had probably the game of his career up until this point. Eight rebounds, 22 points, um, seven blocks. It seems like warm weather Jesse Zach is another breed. Yeah, for some reason, it seriously goes south. Bahamas had a great tournament, obviously. Miami, he's in Florida on the beach, maybe, out the window, like, waving <laughs> to the Atlantic Ocean, feeling good. And he's just playing great. I mean, obviously, like, we went to him more. That was part of the plan, it seemed like. And he just showed, he sh- he showed out in terrific fashion. He really did, too. And like Zach said, he balled out. He had a great game. Unfortunately, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is usually pretty warm, is only going to be around 41 during game time. So we might get cold weather Jesse. We might get warm weather Jesse. Maybe it's like a certain sort of point in like longitude that as soon as he goes below that, he's good. We don't know. Maybe it's just like vacation. Vacation Jesse. Vacation, maybe like on the road Jesse. Road trip, you know. road trip Jesse. Maybe road that, that's it. Road trip Jesse. That he's could a businessman. He's got his briefcase. He's hitting the road. He's ready to, you know, show show some guys what's up. 
Do you think that Jesse travels with like a leather briefcase? I hope so. He could pull it off. He could pull it off. He's got to look for it. I could see him kind of in like a gray suit. He's got the sunglasses on coming off of that air airplane. And he's got maybe the the leather briefcase on. He's ready to ball out. He's ready to show out. Maybe it's Road Trip Jesse. All of the away games, he seemed to do pretty well, or at least the ones where he is kind of on vacation. So curious to see what he thinks about Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Another person that had a great game was Joe. Ended up having 26 points. Um, did great from three. He had seven for 12 from three. So it seems like hopefully Joe is back. Maybe. I don't want to say that he's been inconsistent this year, but we haven't been able to say Joe is fully back. He is ready to go. We've got Joe full time now. He's still kind of streaky. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see him. I mean, I think the big thing was, especially that first half, he didn't have that pressure like he had against Virginia with Kihei Clark. Kihei Clark was in his bag the entire game and literally just shut him down. And once you get in that position, he just kind of, he's kind of, he's a very emotional guy, I feel like. So he was like kind of shut down, not a good attitude. But obviously he showed up against Miami and dropped a team high 26 points, which you got to give him some respect there. I feel like he can sometimes get the crowd in his head too a little bit. But I agree with what you say. He is a very emotional player and that's good and bad. When, when Joe is rolling, he seems like he can't really be stopped. It's just a matter of getting him there. There's still a couple of shots that he'll take where you're still kind of scratching your head, but for the most part, he has matured. I feel like he has a a better mindset when it comes to, you know, when he's out there. I still feel like we still see the value in Samir because he just brings a different dimension to the game. But Joe is certainly, he's balling out. He's working and it's, it's great to see what he's putting up now compared to what was kind of in the past. So it's great to see that. Great to see Joe kind of kind of doing his thing out there. And then the last guy that we got to talk about on the good side of things was Captain Cole, 20.7 rebounds. Again, sort of a sneaky stat line, but putting in that work 35 minutes, having a, a pretty solid game. Yeah, love to see that from Captain Cole. And, you know, this is a good shooting outing, six for nine. I mean, I guess you could say those last two threes were – I know you didn't watch it, but they were wild threes. Jim said in his press that those are shots we wouldn't want him to take. Obviously, he made them, but those ones are a little like, dang, like maybe that's how you should shoot them all the time. I don't know, because they were like wild. They were wild, and I can't believe they went in. But nonetheless, they did, and even without them, he shot great. So love to see that. Hopefully, he can carry this shooting stride into Wake Forest. I hate like sitting here and just being like, yeah. I wish I saw them live. That would have been pretty cool, but I couldn't because I was trying to put that Q's team on my back. Again, with like Buddy's fouls when he eventually fouled out. I don't know anything about that scenario, Zach. I have no idea. You need to fill me in because I was not able to watch it. I mean, this is pretty weak. I mean, usually Buddy doesn't really do anything like that stupid or like anything like he's he's a smart guy obviously so like he's not you know putting himself at risk to have you know tally up the fouls but for some reason I mean there's a few fouls that I guess were fouls but definitely the last one to take him out was super weak because they were full court pressing and I guess he I guess he touched him too hard I don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> he breathed on him too hard. Yeah, it, I mean, like he's played aggressive D, but like he, it, it looked, it, it wasn't like okay, that's clearly foul. It was like, I guess, but like it was weak, weak man. I saw everybody talking about it on Twitter afterwards, and you know, pretty rough. I couldn't agree with him. I couldn't disagree with him. I didn't know. I just knew I was upset because what I thought was working actually ended up not working. So it is what it is, I guess. Again, nine points on the day. Jimmy with seven points. Again, don't mean to put too much pressure on them, but when you're so focused on that starting five, it's so difficult to have a a, a game in which you win when two of your players, two of normally your star players, are not putting up the performances that you kind of expect out of them. But I guess that we saw some strengths out of this. I'm having a a pretty difficult time, Zach, trying to like pick out the good from this. Yeah, because I mean, even with that being said, like obviously you want to see Buddy and Jimmy get the points that they haven't getting the past few games, especially Buddy going on a streak after the, the, the two Ivy League games to only score nine today. But the other guys really did pull their other like they 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 scored great points and they pulled they they made up for the difference there and it, it should have been enough. That's that's the key is like it, it really really should have been a much enough. Even though Buddy and Jimmy didn't have the performance that we're used to, the other guys stepped up enough to where like it should have been enough. I think compared to the games in the past where. The other guys weren't stepping up where the Bayheim brothers were pulling their weight, where they were combining for the majority of our points. I guess you could argue that maybe this time they were stepping up and it should have been enough. But in this case, obviously it wasn't because it needs to not just be in the offense it needs to be in the defense as well. So I think the, 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 Biggest question in the next couple of weeks is going to be that. Can we get all five guys to step up? And if they don't, who's actually going to fill in? Where are they going to fill in? And how well are they going to fill in? Because the next couple games are against Wake Forest, who is 12 and 3, I think, overall. Then you got Pittsburgh, who is not doing too well this year. Then Florida State, who, again, isn't really doing too well this year either. And then Clemson, Duke, and then Pittsburgh again and Wake Forest, and it kind of repeats itself. So the next few weeks are crucial to the success of the team and to the success of, of, honestly, just the confidence of the group. Because right now, it feels like the group really isn't that confident in what they're doing. And I'm 100% certain that the fan base either is not 100% confident at all. So... That sort of poses the question, Zach. Seven and seven is the worst 14-game start under coach Jim Beheim. And it's a general question, but are we worried right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, at the 2-3, we like to usually stay positive. And obviously, this episode has had a quite a different tone than what we usually do. So, I mean, quick answer is you have to be worried. This is literally the worst 14-game start under Jim Beheim. We're, like, getting into territory where we could potentially 
have a losing season, the way things are going and the way, you know, we're losing games that we should win. It's not like we're losing games that we can win. We're, we're losing games that we, sh- we should win. And that's the worrying part about this is we're losing games and it's looking like there's not an answer. And I think that's the key is I, I really don't know what the answer is other than just like be better and, and win. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Like, I think we will win games. Like we're not incapable of winning, obviously. And like, I guess you could say that some things just don't go our way, but just there's just like enough flaws that are being exploited by other teams. And so credit to them, but there's just enough flaws within our team that as soon as you hit our Achilles heel, it's like, we just fold like a, like a lawn chair. <laughs> Earlier in the year, when we had said that the gauntlet was going on, when we were talking about going up against Villanova, against Georgetown, against Florida State, that whole stretch, Indiana, Auburn, like the Bahamas, that whole trip, we said that the team's chemistry and just profile in general was going to be answered during that time. And I feel like that we still don't know what this team is yet. We know very well what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, but we still don't know how well they can bounce back and how they can adjust when they're faced up against simple pressure like a press. Because when it comes to a press, this team absolutely collapses. They... They, they just throw it all away, basically, it seems like. It's almost, like, embarrassing to see, like, what they're doing. They look frazzled. They don't look confident out there. So, when you ask, should we be worried? I'd say, yeah, a little bit. Like you said, Zach, we like to be pretty positive here at the 2-3, but we're trying to be realistic, too. This is not a confident group at all. And I love that Captain Cole said, this is not the team that you're going to see in March. This is a team that is better than what you're seeing right now. And I truly believe that because we've seen that. We saw that in the first half against Miami, that this is such a great group when they're clicking on all cylinders. But as soon as they face some sort of pressure, it just all turns off. I don't know if it's an adjustment that Jim makes or their lack thereof or a lack of leadership, what it is, but there's something about this team that they just immediately switch to something that will not be successful down the road. It's so dangerous to have a team like that sometimes because you never know what you're going to get out of them. I want to say though, that I'm still confident that they can make an adjustment and actually be able to compete down the line. Because right now, it's not looking good. But I still want to remain confident in Jim and his crew and hopefully the leadership on the team. Yeah, I mean, and we've we've kind of become accustomed to that with previous Syracuse teams. We, we see, for lack of better words, mediocre normal uh, games or normal seasons, regular seasons have been pretty mediocre the past few years. And then, you know, obviously there's a few years where we don't make the tournament, but the years we do, 
we're like making Sweet 16, Final Four, like we're having major success. So because of this, I guess, DNA that we're being, that's being created, which I don't know if that's a good one or bad one. But because of that, we're kind of like, you see these mediocre, like, oh gosh, like this is not good. I mean, I think we are maybe at a lower point than we have been before, but we've seen this, this program turn around, you know, midpoint end of the season to put themselves in a really good position to do well in the tournament. So that's like a, 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 a sliver of hope, something that possibly could happen again. Like I could see it happening. Like I, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to win more games this year. Like it's not like we're horrible. We have no options. No one could score. Like no, everyone sucks. Like that's not what we're saying at all, but there are huge issues that need to be addressed. And I, the thing that's scary is again and again I keep saying I just I just don't know what the answer to some of these questions are because it's like we know our problem and like any scouting report like we said this before too like if you don't press us like you're insane because you know like that's our kryptonite so it's just it's a scary time well to me I'm remaining hopeful as we can be do you think that seven and seven is a good indicator as to like what we are now. Do you think our, our record is pretty like it, it, it represents us as a team right now? I mean, obviously because that's how we played, but I mean, also at the same time, there are quite a few games that could have been turned the other way and we could have been 10 and four Miami. That could have been our game easily. Virginia. That's another game that, you know, could have been, I mean, obviously it's a little bit tougher, but that could have been a win too. And Colgate, that should have been a win. There's several games here that are close, down to the wire more. Or less. I mean, Colgate wasn't down to the wire, but like that's a game we should have won. And it's just if a few of these games turned our way, Georgetown, we could we could be sitting at like a decent record with like decent road wins at like Miami, and beating Virginia at home. Like we could have been ten and three, something better than seven and seven. You said something to me while the 14-point lead was evaporating before our eyes. Well, before your eyes, because I wasn't watching. You had said, imagine what this team's record would be if the game ended at half. And that has stuck with me. Because imagine this team if they were competing like they were in the first half of so many games. Yeah. Colgate would have been a win. So many games would have been a win. And it's just, it's just wild that a 14-point lead at halftime is not a security for us. We've, we've seen this too many times where we have a great first half, up big first half, and second half lose it all by like a huge margin. I tell you what, if this team is able to make a run late in the year it's going to be a very special run because they will finally have something clicking they will finally be winning it's going to take a lot to get this team on a winning streak and actually piece everything together and once they get that i'm not really sure how you stop them the one good thing out of this entire year is i'm not sure how you beat this team if they are just clicking on all cylinders, everything is clicking. They're able to shoot the lights out. Everything is great. The team that they're going against is frazzled. I'm not really sure how you beat this team when that's the case, but 
until then, it, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. That is for sure. And on top of all that, the ACC is quite the mess right now. It's the ACC is down bad. We have one team in the top twenty-five, which is of course Duke, uh, I believe number two, and it's just such it, that just worsens our our, our chances. We, we're not playing. I, I think we have. I, I don't know how many quad quad one chances we have, but it they're not as many as they they used to be, and. A win against even Miami isn't as good as it used to be. A win against Virginia, what we could have had, isn't wouldn't have had the same weight. So on top of already struggling, our conference struggling. So at the end of the year, like top four maybe are gonna gonna get in the tournament. Like it's we're we're on a we're on a messy road. Let's look ahead to Wake Forest, who is having a pretty solid year at twelve and three overall. What do you think that we need to do? on the road against Wake Forest to actually be successful where they're undefeated by the way undefeated at home at 9 and 0 I think we got to lock in on defense we got to put a full game of just full dedication the team needs to buy in and I get we're not that athletic I get that we struggle and it, we're asking a lot from some of the guys like when whenever Jesse goes to the corner that's a tough play for anyone to do even though Jesse, you know, did pretty good at that against Miami having seven blocks. It just, the mistakes from our forward position put so much pressure on him. But ultimately, I think we got to lock on ND. These games, these last two games, we would have won if we played good defense. And we just haven't seen a full good game of defense yet. I agree with you. We need five strong performances all around, not just in offense. Not just in, you know, passing or whatnot, because that actually has been pretty good. Our assist margin has been pretty decent overall this year. It can't just be that. It's got to be in defense. That has been our Achilles heel all year. If teams just move the ball around just a little bit, they're able to solve us pretty easily. So that's what we need to do heading into Wake Forest. Who do you think out of the starting five needs the biggest game right now? I think you got to get Buddy and Jimmy back on track. It's it's always tough having like a, a loss on top of not playing well. So I think you got to get those guys back on on track. And I also I want to keep feeding Jesse. It's but he's been such a great option for us, and I think we got to keep feeding him. I agree with you. I I don't know how you don't use that size to your advantage because Jesse has been a monster whenever he asked for the ball. Those dunks that he had against Miami were vicious. They were mean. I loved them. I love to see that. I want to see more of that, Zach. And I can't believe that we aren't seeing any more. But in order to get this team successful, they got to get back on track. They got to get back to their winning ways. Wake Forest is a great team to do that against. That game will happen on Saturday, January the 8th. On regional sports networks, I think that that will probably mean that it's going to be on Yes. I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to be on ACC Extra. But uh, check your local listings, as they say, to see if you can get that one or see if you can stream that one. Because quite honestly, we don't really know what that means. But from here, it's going to be a rough road after Wake Forest. Like we said, Pittsburgh, who has not been great this year, or Florida State. But after that, Clemson and Duke. Those are two huge teams always that put up great 
performances against us. Even Florida State, too. That's they're no slouch. It's just their record isn't as good as it has been in years past. So, anyways, that's gonna do it for us here at the two three. We need a Q win badly against the Demon Deacons, which is a stupid mascot name. So hopefully the next time you hear from us, we're making fun of their names, which means that we got a dub. But that's going to do it for us. We'll see you later. Go Cuse.